Welcome to the Once in Future Authors Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I am beyond thrilled to be joined by author, publisher, podcaster, and influencer Zibi Owens. I feel like a regular fangirl here today. Uh, Zibi is the host of the winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And as a mom, I totally get that. She is also a fabulous author. Um, we've got a bunch of books to talk about today. Her um, memoir, Book Ends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature. Princess Charming. And most recently, Moms Don't Have Time to, her quarantine anthology. In addition to all of these things, she's also a publisher and CEO of Zibby Books. And uh, I just found out recently on the board of the public library. So Zibby, you do like a little bit of everything and I am so, so excited to have you today. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, thrilled. And, and I love, before we even get started on the books, love the colored bookshelf in the background. You did that. I keep hearing about people wanting to do it. I did it. Uh, it's my whole, this whole room is, is, is uh, covered in books and the oh, back I wall, the back wall is covered color coordinated. I love that. Uh, you have to have a, you have a lot of books to be able to do that. Yes. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm tempted now. I keep seeing it on like Pinterest. You're the first one I've seen in person. <laughs> <laughs> you wear a lot of hats. You know, you're you're known now, well, now as an author, but also an influencer and a podcaster and so many other things, a publisher. Do you have a favorite title? Mom. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And I almost said, besides mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, do I have a favorite title? Um, sometimes when I meet people, I'm like, I'm like all, I, I'm like a very literary focused person. <laughs> I don't have like a good, uh, I don't have a good title right now. Um, I, I mean, most of all, I'm a reader. That's really what I am. I'm, I'm a reader first and foremost and a book lover. And that's what has spawned everything else that's come from that. I love that. I love that because I mean, how did it feel to be named like the most influential book person in New York? I mean, is that a little scary? <laughs> I could not believe that. That was back in 2019. And I was literally walking down Lexington Avenue. I had just dropped one of my four kids off at school. And a friend, an author friend was like, Oh, my gosh, did you see this article? And I clicked on it on my phone. And I just like stopped as you know, close to where the subway was getting out people all around me, you know, standing there. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, look at this headline. Um, I know. And it's so funny. I also just like last week lit lit talent awards were like you're the you won our whole like influencer of the year award where can we send you payment and i was like oh my god it's just so crazy so uh yeah it's really fun and exciting and uh totally not why i started any of this it's such a nice perk that this is all coming and that all my hard work is being seen and recognized but uh it's all a, a truly a, a passion and labor of love. So it's it's really wonderful. I, I do love that you term yourself a reader first. That's really awesome. Uh, when you get all those accolades, do you feel like, I better make sure I have a book on the subway because people will see me or such? No, people don't. I mean, no, I'm... <laughs> 
<laughs> I am pretty anonymous in most circles unless I go to a book event or something. Uh, it was so funny. I went with my husband to uh, a cocktail party during Thriller Fest. And normally, you know, we come and go. And then we went into this one restaurant and all everyone's like, Sivy! <laughs> I was like, and then we left and he just looked at me and he was like, what was that? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Usually you get to fly below the radar. and uh, Yeah, of course. Once in a while that, that New York fame hits you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, starting first, about your memoir, Bookends. Um, I know it was a huge journey and what what a, what a heart-wrenching memoir. Your journey, though, to this book started long before the story that is pivotal. Uh, I read that you wanted to write memoir way, way back. You were, were studying some of the top memoirists. Uh, I do have to ask you, since your, your story has such a focal point, and when I think back to when you were thinking about writing memoir, none of that had actually happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just curious for all memoirists out there um what if you could bring me back to when you were reading you know other memoirists and how to shall we say did you know what it was going to be about did you know that your life had not yet had that moment or or how does somebody approach memoir without you know that moment that that pivotal historical things that we say? Well, I didn't want to write a memoir until after my best friend died on 9-11. And I was at business school at the time and I had so much to say about it. I, I was trying to process that loss. I, uh, I, I couldn't seem to move on from that uh, at the time. And prior to that, I had written personal essays. I love writing personal essays. I just wrote one yesterday about Thanksgiving and how I'm thankful I don't have small children anymore. And then I was like, can I even say that? Um, my youngest is now almost eight and it's just like a whole different ball game. And anyway, so writing personal essays has always been really easy and fun for me and uh, my go-to sort of genre. But it wasn't until this post-grad post school time where I decided to take a year off to write a book that I really wanted to write a memoir. And it wasn't so much a retrospective of my life, right? It was about a specific right. experience and what it was like sort of going back to New York City and, and the contrast between my life as everything had fallen apart and then the hard charging MBA life where everyone was like going out and drinking and networking and making connections. And I was like, wait, how can I possibly be living in these two different universes at the same time? So, and then I had lost another four people close to me in the next year. So I, I think I was just a mess and was like, I have to write about this. And uh, I thought that people would be interested because people were interested in 9-11 and I didn't know anybody, you knew somebody. And I would write all about it for the school newspaper. And I got so much great feedback for that just so that people could understand it on the inside that it wasn't just some theoretical thing um so that's how i started that's how i wrote the first memoir so it, it, i did have a perspective on it and and then i actually decided not to try to sell it as a memoir after i wrote it uh to protect some not protect but 
it was too personal. It was, I didn't want to write about the individual people. I wanted to write about the experience at large. And so I rewrote it as a novel and tried to sell it as a novel, which did not sell. So there you go. <laughs> I, I love that there, there were like, I mean, I hate to call them failures, but we'll just say bumps. Many failures, many, many failures. You can say it. There were many. <laughs> that is that is so heartwarming for everybody else who has, you know, I, we love hearing stories about Stephen King putting that nail up in his attic where he put every single rejection letter because when you get your first, you think, do I have to stop? Is this the end? So, so hearing that bookends had, you know, so many years before, you know, people look at it and say, oh, look at her. She's got, you know, 2,000 five-star reviews and it's selling like hotcakes and there's seals all over it. Didn't happen like this. No, it was such a long journey. I really didn't think it was going to sell. And I got very close and then publishers would say no. And it was devastating. I was really invested. I wanted this so badly. Just, I just, so, so, so badly. I just, had to get this done. It was my life goal and I couldn't do it. And uh, it was very discouraging, but it didn't make me give up. And after I licked my wounds each time, then I just was like, okay, let me go at it a different way. I just, I have to get this story out. And, uh, you know, not that I'm any sort of Stephen King, but with my uh, my younger daughter, she has a whiteboard in her room. And when I sent bookends out, I wrote like 50 publishers. Cause I was like, we are sending this far and wide someone has to buy this. This was like my 20th time. No, not really. My third time <laughs> submitting it. And uh, I wrote all the publisher names on her whiteboard. And as everyone would reject, I would just like cross it out. <laughs> I would just like erase it off the whiteboard. And then finally it sold. What a huge lesson that you put that in your daughter's room on her whiteboard though. You know, that's such a lesson for her in resilience and and tenacity and we're just we're just going to keep going we're going to you know the first one the second one the third one i mean i think that that's you, you incorporate being a mom so much in what you do but that's huge what you do as far as example i do uh, yeah we uh, i definitely model rejection and resilience quite a bit it was even uh, a couple of years ago my podcast moms don't have time to read books was nominated for a webby award mm -hmm. And I was determined to win the People's Choice Award. I was like, this is the most amazing thing. I can't believe they picked it. And I did like such an aggressive campaign. I was like, I would get coffee and like try to get the barista. I was like, it's a People's Choice. Will you just vote for my podcast? And the kids did videos with me and we did all sorts of things. And I lost. I still lost. And they were like, oh, no. you know. But then uh, two years later, I won. And they were like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, it, it, yes, there are so, plenty of plenty of opportunities to model so that. You, won, you didn't campaign as much as the year you lost? Yeah. Well, I won. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's right here. Um, uh, yeah, I guess it was the People's Voice Award. But yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a pretty one. Looks like a slinky. Yeah, it was the <laughs> 2021 People's Voice Award. Uh, yeah, best live podcast recording. So Very cool. awards. Yeah, it took a while. It took yeah. a while, but I did it. <laughs> you did it. Well, what, what other lessons do you think your kids are getting from all this besides resilience and tenacity? What are other ones that are important to you for you to pass on? 
Oh, that's a great question. Um, uh, I think creativity. We're always coming up with stories, the importance of story. They're really into writing now too, which is so great. Uh, and how we can all connect. Um, you know, they have such a different approach to books than I did growing up. I mean, I was a voracious reader and uh, and all that, but everything they read that they love, they're like, well, can we talk to this author? So uh, <laughs> it, it's totally different, this accessibility they have to, to authors and books. And um, yeah, I, I, I just love it. I love how they're getting into writing themselves. It's really, really wonderful. That's amazing. Now, is that in part where Princess Charming came in? Tell yes. Me. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> this project fell in my lap, actually. A, a friend, not even a friend, a woman who had been on my podcast who became my friend, uh, her friend was moving to Flamingo Books at Penguin Random House and said to me, you know, would you have any interest in writing a children's book? And I said, well, yes, of course, because I had written several which hadn't sold. Uh, I know this keeps getting old, but uh, uh, of course I had been interested. And she was like, well, here's a picture of a character. Her name's Princess Charming. What would you make the story about? What would you do? And I was like, do you want to take a stab at it? And I was like, sure. So two minutes later, I was like, okay, well, here's what I would do. And she loved it and she bought it. And that was it. So uh, the kids loved being a part of that project. They wrote it with me. They wrote, there's a, it was a two book deal actually. And so they wrote the second one with me. Um, in fact, it was my daughter's idea, the whole topic of the second book. We'll see if that ever comes out. And uh, yeah, they're just so a part of it. They helped me with the marketing of it. They did all the book events. I made each of my New York City book events for that book with their classes. So each of them got a party basically around the book. So yeah, they're, uh, and those are just my two younger kids, but they're all really involved. Oh, that's fabulous. They're, that's fabulous. I'm guessing that they weren't nearly as involved in your latest, your anthology, quarantine anthology. Moms don't have time to. How did that go? Well, this is actually not my most recent. It's actually the oldest one. That's from oh. February of 2021. And okay. as you can see, two of my kids are actually on the cover with me, although oh. their faces are hidden. Uh, this, I didn't even mean to be an anthology. This came out of a bunch of essays that during the pandemic I released with the help of several editors who I had been working with. I released them on my pod, on my website to entertain, keep people entertained and connected during the pandemic. And after we did that for the whole summer of 2020, I went back and copied and pasted them all and put them in one document. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a book. It's long enough to be a book. <laughs> and so I, and I had contracts with every single author. So I took the whole package and, and sold it uh, right away. And it came out a couple months later. Wow. Oh, goodness gracious. That's, that sounds a lot easier than a lot of other people who do anthologies and they end up hunting people down like, you owe me a story or something. Well, I when I sold that, while that was being, you know, in the in the queue for being published, I was like, well, I didn't mean for that to be an anthology. So let me do one on purpose. So then I had a follow up to that called Moms I Don't Have Time to Have Kids. And in that one, I knew it was an anthology and we were hunting people down and that came out six months later. Right, right. No, I love that title. Moms don't have time to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way and I only have three to your four. So I, uh, 
There's no old, there's no only. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it was one, somehow that, that uh, child fills the space, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. Oh, so that one is actually older. I wasn't even realizing that. So what's next on your agenda then? What's next? Well, we have, I started a publishing company called Zibby Books and our books start coming out in February of February 7th, 2023. So I'm super focused on that. Um, And I am actually, I will tell you this now, but I'm announcing it publicly in like two hours, but I'm opening a bookstore. So I'm really excited for that. Don't tell anybody. Uh, It's in Santa Monica, California. So it's called Zibby's Bookshop, and I'm really, really excited. So that is another big thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's that's brave. That might be braver than the podcast, the publishing company, and everything else. Um, And then we're growing Zibby Mag, which is the magazine. And uh, yeah, I'm just... It's all just so much fun. I mean, I was, I had two of my teammates spent the weekend with me in LA and we were up till midnight standing in my kitchen, coming up with all these like innovative ways to, to buy books for the store and showcase them. And I mean, it's just so fun. It's like a dream come true. It's it, none of it feels like work. Oh my gosh. Well, let's go back to Zibby books for a moment. I understand you are taking 12 books per year for Zibby yes. Um, was that because you're releasing one per month or is there yes. another reason for the 12? Okay. <laughs> one per month. Uh, we wanted to structure it like a year of reading. So if you were to only read these 12, which of course you're not going to, and that's fine. And I promote so many books. I love books. I would never think people would only read ours. But if you were going to read ours, they're in an order so that it whets your appetite and it's not too many of the same type of book. It's, oh, it's okay. a it's a, memoir and fiction but you know a thrill like more of a thriller will be followed by more of a beach read will be followed by like a a literary memoir followed by so we really are trying to provide everything you would need in a year of reading oh fantastic i didn't realize there was a whole plan and arc or is this going to give life then to all of the libby book clubs Zibby book club. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have a a virtual book club that I've run since the pandemic and we meet monthly. Uh, But yeah, I'm excited to create community around these books. We also are starting a bunch of Zibby classes. We have 17 Zibby classes that are launching in January of 2023. And then we have two retreats uh, in March and April, one um, in the Hamptons and one in Charleston. And yeah, there's just a lot. (laughs) Are the retreats for writers or readers? Both. Both. Fantastic. So in early 2023, the releases, the, the the rolling out of the Zibby books, the bookstore is opening in 2023. Yes. Two retreats. Yes. 17 classes. Yes. <laughs> Any other titles that you're pinning right now that you'll be releasing? I'm supposed to be writing a novel. <laughs> and the second children's book. Second children's book. I bet that won't come out for another couple of years, but I... Uh... Yes, I'm supposed to be writing a novel. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I really don't have the bandwidth to do that, to be honest. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. I've written like 70 pages. So I'm I'm debating just keeping it as like a novella or something. 
<laughs> so the real question here is um, time management, prioritization, and stress. So what are your secrets? I have an amazing team and I spend a lot of time on the hiring and uh, management of my team. I love my team so much. And uh, there are 18 of us right now and we all do a lot of things and they're like A plus team members. So uh, that's the C that's the biggest secret. I mean, it's not a secret. Like I'm not doing this by myself. I couldn't. So, uh, and they all are really passionate about books and everything we're doing. So we're having lots of fun. We have a really tight community and team, team bond. Uh, it's not professional. It feels very personal. And uh we're having a great time. We laugh a lot. We work really hard, but it's it's all in service of something that we absolutely love. Uh, in terms of stress, right now, I was actually just saying to my husband, I'm like, you know, I haven't been as I've been really calm the last couple of weeks. I wonder why. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so even though you know, and then he was saying, you know, I have a new assistant who uh, not like a real assistant. I mean, I always have a, a smart young girls from helping me and my last two assistants are now basically like running this whole business. But um, you know, they're like, oh, did, is it easier? Do you have less work or, you know, do you have more time now that you have this news? And I was like, no, I work all the time still. It's like, that's never going to stop. It's just that I'm doing, I have more bandwidth to be more creative and do the things that are really important for me to be doing versus the things I have that anyone can be doing. So um, yeah, I work all the time, but I love it. I mean, how can it be work? It's like reading and reading for acquisition and connecting with authors. And I mean, it's all just so fun. It's just so fun. I don't even know how else to say it. Oh, so when I, when I, the biggest stress for me is my inbox. So uh, I've been trying to manage that better and put more systems in place for being able to respond, not lose messages, stay on top of things. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to get better at saying no to things. For a long time, I've been like, yes, 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 I'll do whatever. But um, I do have to get a little more selective and protect my time a little more. Um, and and again, my main focus is my kids still. So uh, picking them up, dropping them off, being there for everything and all that. Wow. Well, I'm so glad you said that your inbox is one of your uh, weak spots. I, you know, I think the whole world has a weak spot with their inbox, that's for sure. Now you're all over the place geographically, New York, bookstore in California. Uh, is that all new since lockdown? How do you think this pandemic has affected the way you're running your business and how people are living their lives? Um, well, during the pandemic, <clears throat> obviously we were all remote and I had a much smaller team back then because I didn't even decide to do the, the publishing company until during the pandemic. Um, so anyway, it started very small. There's been ex really explosive growth lately. Um, but in terms of my team, we're now in person. Uh, we used to be remote. And since we've moved in person, things are just, oh my gosh, so much better. <laughs> um, makes a huge difference. Not everybody every day. And we do have some employees who are um, remote or team members or whatever. But we still try to get together. Uh, so I think it's important to be in person. And we went on this big retreat with the entire team and all of our authors. And that just made all the difference for the Zippy Books team. 
just so they could see what we were doing. I think sometimes in book publishing, authors get really nervous. And I say this as an author, because I was also getting very nervous. Like, what is my publisher doing? And what is going on? And do they have it covered? And will I just be like, and uh, I think the fact that we brought everyone together, everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, why do this? And I'm like, trust me, it's going to be worth it. And it was so worth it. So sometimes there's just this, it's an intangible, you can't say it's going to, you know, there's any, just bringing people together is, is really important. But I will say I've always loved to travel. <clears throat> I lived in LA after college for a couple of years. I've, and I spent a lot of college going back and forth to LA because I was dating someone out there. So it's like I'm doing the same thing now, 20 plus years later, 25 years later. Uh, I I just love LA. I love, uh, I just love it there. And, but I also love it here in New York. So I think the combination of the energy of both places is really important to me. And I've loved going all over the country for bookends and meeting people in all these different places, ex exploring different cities, like Nashville and Charleston and just Boston, all these places that I'm coming to as an author. It's, it's, uh, it's really neat. You are a great advertisement for why we should get out and go back to meeting people in person. Absolutely. You know, I know a lot of people who are like, Hey, we've been doing remote for years now. We'll just stay in our yoga pants and never go out and see people again. And you make such a great point for there's nothing quite like that personal touch. Yeah. Groups, group dynamics, connection. It makes everything better, right? It, it just makes everything happier and easier if you have the right people. Yeah. Oh, and that takes time. And that takes right time people. too. That absolutely. takes time too. But I love that your, your business has been exploding, especially since you came back to having your group together you know so many people are looking at it saying oh we're much more productive when you know our productivity is higher because we're not commuting and this and that and you're kind of saying the opposite like your productivity and your creativity and the explosion and growth has been yes growing growing but now we're together and we get everybody on a retreat and we're blowing the roof off yeah i mean there are some people on my team who who feel that way and they're you know they're like, I am more productive at home. And I, and, and I, I see that. I mean, I am more productive on the days that we're not all together. <laughs> I really am. I mean, on the days that we're all together, like on particularly Wednesdays, we all get like, I have to work all night <laughs> to get through my emails. But, uh, but I've gained something so much more important. And, it, and we've made decisions quickly. And it, it, it saves time in the long run, even though I, I guess it's the question is what if you're trying to be more productive, what is it that you're producing? What is the end product? Is it actually the emails or is it something more than that? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I love that. You're so right. Because we just get stuck, don't we? We just get stuck with what's right in front of us and not the horizon. And we can see the horizon much better when we're outdoors with a whole lot of, you know, with our team. Yeah. So time to get back to work with our teams. <laughs> So Santa Monica, a new place opening, um, a novel on the way. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> maybe, but certainly starting in uh, early 2023, we've got the uh, release of the Zibby books, one per month. So for all readers out there and for any book clubs that are looking for a little organization, that's like built in organization because- yes. 
You've already picked the whole flow. You don't have to sit there and say, well, we did one of these last month. What should we do next month? You've taken all of that work right out of their hands. That's true. Actually, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do something. If your book club reads all 12 of our books, you get some some special prize or something. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So um, are we looking forward to the, I don't know, the Zippy Owens theme park next? <laughs> <laughs> I have not thought about a theme park. I did think about an airline at one point. Um... <laughs> so you went airline and I went theme parks. <laughs> yeah, I'm more like airline, hotel. I'd rather do like hospitality uh than uh, theme park. Okay. Well, I, I don't think I don't think those are coming. I, I I am really happy focusing on what I have on my plate, and the next thing just always sort of presents itself when the time is right. I mean, I could certainly see the uh, the Zibio re Retreat Center up in like overlooking Lake Tahoe or something like Ooh. that, lined with beautiful books, and. Uh, maybe you know the the classes are are ongoing like retreat Ooh, like kind of like yato you mean yeah almost like an author retreat <laughs> oh okay that's okay. interesting i hadn't thought about that i i'll buy my ticket on on, on zibi airlines to fly out there <laughs> I, I i just wanted there to be the airline would just be like all books you know, the books in every scene, books on cards, you know, trading books, seated bike books, you know, the fiction section of the airplane. The non <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, I do like you just mentioned it. How about book trading cards like Pokemon oh, yeah. cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are deep in the Pokemon stage here. I am sure you are. <laughs> so, so book trading cards and there's like, I don't know, a QR code on the back for you, yeah. to, you know, read the book. I don't know. The sky's the limit with you. That's all I could say. Well, <laughs> I'm super excited about all of your projects and I can't thank you enough for joining me here. Uh, what an inspiration to writers, to readers, and to dreamers. Oh, thank you <laughs> so much. And I won't say good luck with all those projects because I know they're going to be amazing. I just can't wait to visit in person. Thank you. Thanks.